Welcome to season four of the Gamers Change Lives podcast. Over the first three seasons of the Gamers Change Lives podcast, we've had the opportunity to speak with men and women around the world who are staking their claim in the esports industry. This season, the theme is going to be accelerating success and harnessing the power of esports incubators and accelerators. Tom and his team are going to highlight the crucial role that incubators and accelerators have on the esports industry and showcase the journeys of entrepreneurs who have leveraged these programs to propel their businesses forward. And now, here's your host, Tom Leonard. I'm Tom Leonard. I'm the host of the Gamers Change Lives podcast, where we talk about how esports can create jobs anywhere in the world. Play games, create jobs, change lives. Now, in season one, we talked about jobs. In season two, we called Follow the Money. We talked about in, uh, investment and sponsorship. In season three, we talked about business basics. And now in season four, we're going to be talking about um, accelerators. Uh, we're going to talk about incubators and other entrepreneurial stories that can be a, uh, an inspiration to people who are out there building their own business or want to be building their own business. Today, I'm really, really happy to have uh, Joshua Nelson. Mr. Battle Racer. It's like that. That's that's a that, that's a term that obviously um, gets gets attention there. He's the founder and CEO at Emotional Ideas. Welcome, Joshua. How you doing, Tom? Thanks for having me. Yeah, great. So, where are you speaking to us from today? Uh, Memphis, Tennessee, my hometown city, born and raised. Great, great. So, for our international audience, that's it's kind of in the. It's not really the Midwest. It's kind of what, what part of the country do you describe it as? Uh, I would say it was the um, Southeast region of the America. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause we always kind of uh, uh, get to be a, a geography lesson for people around the world here. Yeah. So outside of, of, of the battle racing uh, project there, what kind of games do you play? Uh, I like action and adventure games. Uh, I like um, left behind. Um, I like games like um, Spider-Man, the new one. They came out. I love Madden, sports games like Madden. So I think but in my RAM is more like Spider-Man and Madden. <laughs> it's kind of like my range. And then I go to like Mario Kart and Crash Team Racing type of games. So did you, um, did you play games as a kid? Oh, uh, yeah, I did. I mean, I also played sports, too. So I was outside a lot. I used my imagination a lot. So. But That's I, right. I, I thought I saw some where you, you played football, didn't you? I did play football. I did. I, mean, I yes. played a uh, little league, uh, high school, and then college. Yes, yes. Which is it? Yeah, we, which is it? Something's completely different than soccer that most of our audience. Right. Play. Yeah. So American football would be the correct term. Yeah. 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 To to, to um, make it a little more precise. Well, today, one of the reasons that I really am glad to have this conversation is that you have such a great entrepreneurial story. Because there's so many people that we talk to in our audience who are either they have an idea that they want to turn into a business or they have a business that they want to grow bigger. And the stories that we can tell of people who have done it and to kind of chronicle their journey is something that can be inspirational to others. So what is Emotional Ideas? So Emotional Ideas is a patented sports and entertainment technology company. So we take amusement products, attractions, and games that most people grow up with, and we find a way to make it more relevant to the current generation. And so we have a lot of ideas in the think tank. Um, and so first is us revolutionizing go-karting, 
which led to a bigger opportunity in revolutionizing uh, motorsports as a whole. Where did the idea come from? Well, to be honest with you, it just came from everyday activities. Back in 2014, uh, we have a place here in Memphis called Put-Put Golf and Games, and they have recreational go-karts, gas go-karts. And I went driving around one day, and uh, in the go-kart, you have what you call overtake, when you try to surpass the person in front of you, you try to look for an opportunity to pass them. And a guy from me, he was just too good. And I was just like, man, what if I could just take a page from Mario Kart and like throw a title shell at him and slow him down and speed boost around him? And when I got off go-kart and I was talking to my friends and family and they said, well, since you can't seem to stop talking about it, maybe you should be the one that make it happen. And so I started thinking about, you know, uh, practically, how can I combine gaming technology with real motorsports to create a whole new way to race? And for something that just kind of started off as a fun concept is now morphed into a potential billion dollar concept. And it's, it's a story we hear so many times. It's like it, the ideas come from almost anywhere. Yes. But- but then the inspiration, and one of the things you were talking about, your friends and family, how important were they in getting you started in this? Uh, I think they were my first uh, idea wall. <laughs> I bounced my ideals off of them just to see if I was crazy or not. A lot of them told me I was, but it's a crazy idea that just may work. So, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for their support. Keep, uh, to, I thank them for continually to push me even when I wanted to quit. They see how much work I put in this. You know, when I think about friends and family, I specifically think about my my mother, my wife and my children. You know, they have really pushed me to keep going and motivate me to keep this thing going. And it's important that people have that themselves, that they surround themselves with with people yes. like that. What about the team that you developed at Battle Racer? Well, for, let's go back to Battle Racer in particular. What is Battle Racer? So when, you, Battle- when you're talking to people, it's like for the first time. And you're like, wow, you're Mr. Battle Racer. What is that? <laughs> well, we call the sport battle racing, but that's that, you know, it's a combination of gaming technology and real motor vehicles. Essentially, it's bringing games like Mario Kart to life, introducing the foundation of combat motorsports. So creating a motorsport is not all about who has the fastest vehicle, but who can also strategize using virtual power items that give the vehicle and the driver a temporary uh, advantage during the race. So, you know, you're able to use virtual power items such as speed boost or the ability to shoot vehicles ahead or behind you, slowing them down, among other power items like EMP blasts that may slow down all the vehicles on the track at the same time. So it's, it's truly combining the virtual with the physical to introduce a whole new way to race. And that's what battle racing is. Yeah, battle racing, not battle racer. That was my mistake. <laughs> battle racing. So You can be a battle racer, though. <laughs> yes, yes. So... Uh, do you have to be a Mario Kart expert to have fun Not with this? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. We we see battle racing as a sport that is very inclusive. Whether you're a pro ga- pro racer, pro gamer, amateur gamer, or just someone that just likes to have fun on the weekends. So I think this is an opportunity for the general public to really just have fun. As we said, any sport be- was fun before it became competitive. So in this new sport of battle racing, it's for all ages. Well, I really would say 13 and up. But uh, it's, it's really more focused for those to just love to have a good time, but like to compete while doing it. And you, you have specific venues where you where you uh, offer it? So our goal right now is to introduce our own entertainment franchise. You know, we want to create these brick and mortar sensations that we can copy and paste across the globe to where you could be the best battle racer in your city, state, country, and essentially make this a, a league from general public to professional. Where are you at in creating a league? 
Well, is we that, just is that something window. in the future. Yes, well, I, I think we can get to it sooner rather than later. As you know, a, a league really only needs a community of individuals that all enjoy coming together. And what I have at my advantage is that gaming industry is all about that. You already have communities of individuals that love to come together and compete. So now we have an opportunity to take it from your living room to now a physical brick and mortar space and allow you to have that same type of environment. So we've just completed the prototypes in uh, last year, 2023. So now we're in the process of raising our next round of funding to be able to open up our first pilot location for people to come try our battle racing. And with that, with that, will that be in Memphis? Go ahead. Will that be in Memphis? Well, uh, it's probably going to be closer to Nashville. I got to go where the money is at, Tom. So uh, here in Tennessee, Nashville is a growing city. It's the capital of Tennessee. And uh, we think that that may be the the best location to kind of start off. Uh, but but to answer your original question about a league, so as you get a facility up, we kind of want to make it to where everyone that comes in and races is kind of part of this general public kind of league. Yeah, that no, makes sense. Makes sense to have. Um, yeah, this is the other thing we keep hearing over and over again is the, the sense of community yes. with gamers. So it's like, and it's it's always been interesting in talking to people because they're they're very competitive. Yes, people want to win, but at the same time they're very giving in working with other people yes. to to help them out as well. So I want to talk a little bit about the team that you put together. Okay. At, um, they're at Emotional Ideas, at Battle Racing. What, what kind of team do you have around you there now? So we have a team that's kind of a mixture of wisdom and youth. I like to have a good spectrum of both sides. My co-founder, uh, Bill McKeel, thankful for him. He's been with me since 2015. Uh, he's the he's the elder, elder on the team. And so while I may be the youngest, I'm the visionary, but I have surrounded myself with like-minded individuals that are older but have experience and wisdom to complement my youth. And so with that, we feel like we have a well-rounded team of individuals that are perfectly suited to, to bringing this task to light. Where did you where did you find these people? Because one of the things I think is really important is to, for people that are like, yeah, I need a good team around me, but where are they? Where, how do I go out and find these people? Right. I mean, you know, for me, it was more so uh, net, networking is very strong. Now, I must admit, I have a lot of people contacting me wanting to join my team. But for me, it's more so relationships, those that I feel like they could complement me as well as may potentially challenge me, but can help me go to a, a greater path. Sometimes you have people that just try to get around you just to be around you. But then you have those that be a, that are around you with, with the goal of helping you. And so for me, that's kind of how I find my team. I look for a certain skill sets, uh, but I first look for their character. If I can see a character trading you that I like then I can see some form of wisdom that you may have that I may find a spot for you. So that's going to have how I found my team. We kind of blended together, you know. And this, so where, where did you locate these people? So I so for my co-founder, I uh, found him here in Memphis at an event. Um, someone else, I found them working with them for over five years in, uh, at another job. You know, I was able to pay attention to how they work. And I said, if I ever got my own business, I'm going to call these people. And so that's how where some individuals came from, just from working together in the past. And then some just kind of from reaching out on LinkedIn. We chatted for a couple of years. Uh, they liked and shared a couple of posts and we talked. And from there, I seen and, uh, some synergy to bring them on. So it comes from all different areas. When you mentioned there that you, you're kind of balancing wisdom with youth and not, not, not to make the assumption that youth are there isn't wisdom. In, in, in young people too but what's what's the value of bringing youth into your organization it's energy you know with startups it's a lot of ups and downs and a lot of people just for whatever reason may not have the energy they need to to push the ball over the hill especially when it comes to innovation 
So doing something like this, we needed it needed to be a balance of both sides. Because one time when I first started this business, I had a team full of youth, not enough wisdom. So we had energy, but we didn't have enough wisdom to get us over that curve. And then sometimes you may have the wisdom, but you don't have the energy. So I wanted to balance that out with a project like this, because there's a lot of different milestones we plan to achieve over the coming years. This is a very big, ambitious uh, goal. We've achieved so much, but we don't want this to just be a one and done. So we needed the energy and the foresight and the vision to kind of keep this thing going. So that's what we look for. The youth side of it is the energy and foresight. I think that's really an important point that you, you need that balance. You need you, you don't want to have everyone that looks just like you right. uh, on the team. That's it, you need some diverse voices in there to give things. Right. What do you think, talking more about youth, what do you think um, that young people get out of playing video games? Not just battle racing, but just video games in general. You know, a lot of people say that, oh, video games are a waste of time. What, what are you spending all your time doing that? What, what do you say to people like that? I think it, I think it depends on your perspective. Um, gaming can challenge the mind. I see a lot of educational courses now utilizing the term gamification as in to make whatever that they're trying to get people to learn more attractive. And so gaming has just found a way to tap into people's inner competitiveness and desire to be better. Um, so for those that desire or that love playing gaming, there are special, unique individuals. I'm starting to learn with what I'm stepping into that this opens up a lot of different ways for jobs. So I don't limit individuals that play games. Their mind are their minds operate in a different, I would say, frequency, if you will, which is very so needed in the world of innovation and the world of activity. You need those individuals that kind of love a challenge and, and love, love community. Gamers are community oriented. You know, community uh, is very important when it comes to those individuals. So I would say, you know, you can't really judge them because uh, where the world is going, I think gamification can be used in a lot of different applications. When you were when you're building your team, as you're building your team, what, what's the hardest part? Uh, finding individuals that are motivated beyond getting paid. Can you can you repeat that? That's really uh, important. <laughs> uh, motivating individuals beyond getting paid. If your only motivation is income, then at some point you're just going to jump ship and go somewhere else. With a startup, it's very important to stay focused. And a lot of people are only focused when they're getting paid. And I look for individuals that are focused beyond getting paid, you know, because once you get paid anyway, we still have more things to achieve. So you're just going to stop and go focus on something else. So I look for individuals like that. And I kind of term that it, I kind of combine it under the term passion. I look for people that's passionate about what I'm trying to do as well. Yeah. Yeah. Passion is, 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 um, it, 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 I always heard the, the saying, you know, um, you know, uh, persistence trumps ability. It's like, you know, someone that's persistent yep. and is out there figuring out how to make things work is going to, is more likely to be a success than someone that, that that's the smartest person in the yep. room. I agree. I so agree. Battle racing itself. Where did the name come from? Um, so right now I kind of look at that as a genre, you know, a class of motorsport racing, battle racing. Um, now we may come out with a term, an alpha term in front of battle racing at some point, but we look at battle racing as again, just a, a, a genre of racing. Some people say combat motorsports. Somebody say, some people say combat carding, uh, but battle racing is a name to me that just kind of rolls off the tongue. It's simple to say you understand it. We're racing, but we're also battling. It implies 
other uh, efforts beyond just going fast. So that's kind of what the battle racing came from, trying to keep it simple. Now, I think it's, it's something also important for people to consider and just put some thought into how you name things. Yes. Because uh, especially when you're doing something like you are, that's, you know, you have big ambition, big yes. goals there. It's like, okay, you know, it, it makes a difference uh, what, what people are uh, are calling it. So, so when you talk about jobs, how many jobs do you think battle racing has created? Uh, well, we'll create, I think it will create a lot of jobs <laughs> from the standpoint of our product is so multifaceted from the software side of things which is the coding, the graphics, the UI, APIs, APKs, all of that. Then you have the hardware side of things where you're talking about tires, you know, suspensions, steering wheels, rear view cameras. So you have, and that's just the, the vehicles. Now we're talking about service. You're talking about individuals to manage the vehicles, to deal with the employees. I mean, deal with individuals that come in, um, customers, so I mean, I, I see this as a, I see this as a concept that will introduce a new industry, and a new industry comes with a whole bunch of different jobs from top to bottom. So from those that clean the track at the, at the end of the races, to those that put the tires on the vehicles, to those that code the vehicles, to those that's running the teams of each each team. So I see this as an opportunity to kind of take what we have seen the revenue structure within like NASCAR, Formula One even in esports, and then take all of those jobs and combine them and create a whole new sport. So I see it again as creating a whole new different way for people to appreciate game versus looking at it as something just for fun on the side. Uh, that was going to be my next question. So, to name some of the jobs, and you did a really good job there. You're, you're describing all these different things that it don't necessarily pertain to gaming, but right. it, it, but businesses, you know, um, industries you know, can create all kinds of different jobs. I always remember, I always go back to Eniola Idan in Nigeria creating GamerX. And we're talking to her about all the uh, the jobs that were created during the event. And one of them was a drone operator. And I thought, wow, if you, yes. you, you if you're creating, you know, a job for a drone operator, it's like, right. you know, then it just you know, it just talks about all the different things that um, that you're involved in. So what's the overall goal? And I don't mean to keep repeating myself here, but I think you, you one of the things is because you are creating something new, it's like people need to understand um, more about what it is. Right. And so, 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 so forgive me if I keep repeating no, my questions, because it, it, it kind of makes me think of different things. So what's your goal for battle racing in particular? So again, something that kind of just started off as a fun and, can I do it? Has now turned into a yes, we can do it. How can we scale it? And so when we think about scaling this, we see battle racing as a new motorsport, but it's split into two realms. The first round being recreational. Um, even on a recreational side, we want to add a competitive component to it that can be like top golf, but for battle race where people can just have fun and compete with no stress. But then you have the other side of it where we want to mimic the likes of NASCAR, Formula One. But to create a new combat racing league that's prof professionally streamed and advertised as you see professional racing now. So simply put, I want to see battle racing as a new genre of professional racing. I like the idea that you keep bringing up NASCAR because it's, I mean, it's something completely outside of esports. But you have to give them credit for building an industry that is right. just phenomenal. It's I, like mean, I, I mean, if I be honest with you, Tom, I pay attention to 
So based off my research, it looks like the esports industry has an incomplete monetization structure that's trying to figure out how to really make revenue as consistently as traditional sports has. And when you look at NASCAR, they have figured it out from the logos to the streaming rights. So, you know, it's a phrase that says if if it's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. (laughs) So uh, why we just take our spectacle and mimic the revenue structure of something that's already existing? We essentially have our work cut out for us. So taking something that's been structured as NASCAR and giving it to a fan base that would truly appreciate it. That's a recipe for success to me. Yes, and also something something that I also keep hearing from people around the world. It's like it's something that people identify with. I mean, Formula Formula One. I mean, people around the world understand yeah. that sport and 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 its importance. So it's not like because a lot of times when I think of NASCAR, I think of oh the the, uh, the U.S. and I think oh it's only something in the, in the in the South, for example, where it's where it's you know very very strong, but but racing itself is really universal, isn't it? Right. It is. It is. I mean, you think about people are racing a lot of different things from motorcycles to go karts. <laughs> people are racing buses. <laughs> so racing is in a lot of people's blood. So, you know, being able to add a new component to how we see racing, the ability to utilize power items while you race. I think this is going to be a new sport that's going to excite this next generation. Oh, that's great. That's great. No, what are you saying? It's a racing bus. I'm going to have to go look that up because it's like that. That just it just brings to mind all kinds of interesting. <laughs> yes. I, I remember seeing a picture recently of a, of a guy jumping cars like at an exhibition or something. He was jumping cars with a trailer attached to his car. Oh, wow. And I just thought I just, <laughs> oh, wow. the visual was just so entertaining. One of the things I keep seeing you show up on where, where you're talking on LinkedIn are, are, are some particular phrases that I, I thought would be interesting for people to get a little bit more background on. And one of them is that you you have three granted U.S. patents on is tech. It? So what are those and why is that important? So patent really just gives you the right to sue, to protect your idea. Um, for me, uh, it was... It's an accomplishment to me because a lot of people get patents and don't get a chance to build their prototypes. And we've been able to do both, especially without really having funding to do so. So that was an accomplishment in itself. The patent surrounds a lot of different technology for how the vehicles communicate. You know, when people hear about patents, what's really important is the claims. And we have uh, over 10 claims on our patents. And each claim represents something different. So one of the claims is the ability to live stream on a vehicle, uh, put a selfie camera in a vehicle and live stream over social media while you race with the interaction back and forth from the spectator audience and the drivers. Um, how the vehicles communicate using gaming technology. Um, so it's really the introduction of gaming tech between two vehicles and how they communicate while they drive is really the different claims around the, the patents. And to me, it's very important. I mean, I have exclusivity until year 2040. To, to really make this thing a reality. So, you know, thankful to the government for giving it to me. Let's let's execute. <laughs> was that hard to get? Uh, yes and no. Uh, the reason why I say no is because this this lane is really wide open. Uh, and typically it takes around two, three years plus to be granted a patent. Our patent was filed in February of 2021. It was granted in September. No, it was granted... Yep, it, we was notified in September. It was officially granted in January. So, um, an examiner said that they didn't see anything that was like this. 
So to have that opportunity to have that runaway to really make this happen was is really exciting. Is it is that patent extend outside the US? Uh we do have the ability to patent internationally, but you know with patent laws, patents operate different in each country. You know, you have to either be selling a product in the country or already building it. So we have that potential to do so. Uh, we was granted some exclusivity under WIPO, but we're still going through that process. Yes, I, I can. I can only imagine that that could be a time and financial black hole there. Yes, um, if, if if you let it be. So another thing you talk about is working prototype vehicles. Mm-hmm. What what are those, and 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 how does that fit into the scheme of things? So the prototype vehicles. Um, People say, it's cool that you're talking about it, but can you build it? Can you make it? Can you make these vehicles communicate with each other while you drive? And that's exactly what we did. So, you know, we added a mini microcomputer, some HDMI cores, display screens, created a custom gaming steering wheel, and sensor tech, and we strapped it onto an existing go-kart, and we coded it and made sure it worked. So now I have at least two vehicles that I can drive around, shoot each other, slow each other down, speed boost, rear view camera, and it really showcases the foundation we have for this new sport. So proof of concept is now built. Was it hard to was it hard to create that uh, that that functionality? Uh, <laughs> You're laughing. <laughs> you know, for me, the biggest thing is I'm a visionary. You know, when you're a visionary, you're a creative. A lot of times, when you first have an idea, people say that's crazy. But the key, the trick is for you to get them to see what you see, and so that was the challenge getting them to see exactly how I see. Because I work down to everything from how the UI, the display screens are designed. I even hand drew the power items by hand and had them converted to graphics. So I really took my time going through, because I didn't really have the funding to make the project more affordable, I had to take, an, I had to teach myself things in order to learn certain things to be able to help the process of developing them more affordable, if that makes sense. So I couldn't just pay somebody to go do it. I had to get my hands dirty and kind of be a part-time engineer, be a part-time gaming designer, be a part-time to learn those little things to better help those guys that helped me build the prototypes to make it come exactly the way that I envision. That's one of the things that I think to me uh, is a signal of success, a potential, because you, you say you're a visionary and you come up with big ideas, but you're also looking at the details on how it works. Not like, oh, let's do this. And then you want to find someone, hand it off to, to yeah. make this work exactly how I'm thinking it's supposed to work. It's yeah. like, uh, good luck with that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's frustrating because I've had investors that wanted to invest in me only if I moved to the side. And I was like, no, I have all the ideals here. Uh, I want to be a part of this. You know, um, it's just, you got to believe in yourself. A lot of people, they just see dollar signs. And even though they see dollar signs, there are dollar signs that they see can be short-sighted as well. You know, I had people that see my ideas and be in within talking to me for 10 minutes, they have like these grandiose ideas of where battle racing can go. But then when they talk to me for an hour, they'd be like, oh, I, didn't, I never even thought about the, the additional things you were considering. Well, I've had a lot of time to think about these for different revenue streams we can make of this, how we can scale it from here to there, how battle racing can be a household name over the next 10 to 20 years. One of the things I always like talking to people that have really, really big ideas. And someone once told me that I thought it was really smart. They said, if you have an idea, if you have a big idea and you know how to get there, you're not thinking big enough. 
It's like you want to you want to have something that's that that doesn't have a, a set path. You want right. to, you want to do more than that. Agreed. The other thing you talk about is being a resilient founder. What's it, what's the importance? Because we're talking about uh, you know entrepreneurship here. Wait, why are you resilient, and why why do you think that's important? Uh, well, if you don't have resilience, you're going to quit. <laughs> Just simply said, you know, I forgot the statistics, but the statistics are not favorable for founders. Uh, a lot of businesses close within the first one or two years. A lot of businesses don't make it past the fifth or seven years. So to you know, to be completely honest with you, I've kind of gave up on this idea twice since I've been working on it since 2014 because it seemed like it was too many obstacles. But I can stand to you stand today saying that every obstacle that I've seen at that time we have been able to overcome. So it's just a matter of not saying if I can, but how can I? And I think that phrase of saying, how can I, has really helped me overcome a lot of obstacles that to the outside world seemed uh, impossible. I mean, to date, we've spent between three hundred to five hundred thousand dollars to get to where we're at. And I don't have any of that money. <laughs> I wasn't born into a wealthy family. So for us to achieve the things that we have achieved, it just took resilience and not giving up and believing in the project. I don't even want to say believing in myself, but believing in the project, the project has merits that it can be done. It's just a matter of who's the person that's going to do it. And my co-founder tells me all the time that people don't invest in ideas. They invest in the ability for you to execute as in they don't invest in the horse. They invest in the jockey. So I've been trying to prepare myself to showcase to investors that I'm the ideal choice to bring this idea to pass. And I, and I feel like I have shown that by my resilience over the years and the milestones that we have achieved, even with our hands tied behind our back. One of the things I've also noticed is that you appear in a lot of your videos. Why, why do you think it's important that, that, that you show up there? Is there, is there a thinking about that or is it just because there's no one else? Well, I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that would love to come battle race, but no one can tell the story like I can tell the story. And I recognize that if the investor is going to give me funding, they're going to be funding me. So I wanted them to see who I was, how much I believe in this and how much passion and time is taken to really build this up. I wanted them to see that I'm not just trying to get behind the check and then bail. I am here to really stick it out and make something happen. The other thing that you mentioned is it's it's a billion dollar global market. Yes. How do you come up with those numbers? So I look at the existing market of racing and I look at the market of gaming. The fact that I can combine those two and have the communities from both sports merged into a whole new industry, that's where the numbers come from. No, it, no you, 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 it's easy to be a believer in talking <laughs> to you. I also noticed on, on LinkedIn, there was a, a recent post, you were at a, an expo in Orlando. The IAAPA, which yep. I have to admit, I have no idea what that that's, is. Yeah, that's IAPA. But so, no, it's, could you explain a little bit more about what that is and why was it important for you to be there? Why should founders be looking for these kinds of opportunities? So, networking is something that's very important to me. I will admit, over the past few years, I kind of been building this project under a rock and no one really knew who I was or what I was doing. So 2023 and 2024, I call those my years of exposure. I plan to expose to the world my battle racing project. And IAPA stands for International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions. So that's where all the big wigs go, Disney, Universal. That's where everyone comes to look for the next biggest attractions to, uh, to put in their places. And so I figured if I want to test the theory, if the market is receptive to what I'm doing, why not go to this event and show people? 
what I'm building and get in and film their responses. And that's exactly what I did. I went around showing people the concept video, asking for feedback and uh, being candid with the audience and letting people see what people thought. And what did, what did they think? They told me not to give up. <laughs> they see that this is needed. So they wanted me to keep working on it. And so that's the biggest takeaway that I've received is people was like, you have really opened my mind up to a new genre. Please don't stop working on this. <laughs> uh, that's got to feel good. It does feel good. It does. Especially when people told you it was crazy when you started working on it at first. Well, especially, yeah, just thinking about that particular event. I mean, you're talking about people who's who have incredible careers. I mean, they're yes. doing exactly the kinds of things that, you know, at some at huge scale out there. Yes. So to get their validation right. is is even better than um, than getting your kids' validation. Agreed. Agreed. You know, people so, paying for nothing bad about your kids there. <laughs> yeah, people paying four hundred dollars to go to this event. So I was meeting people from theme park majors to rod managers to uh, uh, amusement owners. So it was it was a good opportunity to cast a wide net to see what do people think about something so well known as go karting needing a change. Yes. Yeah. How about have you had any help from government? I have not. No help at all. No, well. They gave me the patent, so <laughs> that's the help that I got. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. Which you, you, they were not free, right? So, they were um, not free. But uh, a lot of time, a lot of people we talk to around the world, it's interesting to see the role government plays. And one of the things you're validating here is that government doesn't play much of a role in things like this in the U.S. Say compared to maybe you know Morocco. We were talking to uh, to some people in Morocco. And it was just amazing what the government was doing to create youth centers around the country for esports, and just we're playing a big role. What about uh, what about colleges or universities? Have have you worked with any of them? Yes, uh, I'm actually very excited about that. I know a lot of colleges are starting to adopt esports programs into their colleges and universities. Uh, some some colleges actually have racing programs, so I would love to kind of get in there. And um, I've been talking to counselors. Um, administrators, uh, teachers within the esports programs at some of these colleges, and they're eager to introduce battle racing to their network of students to see if maybe we can start a fan base at some of these colleges. Yeah, I think that's, that's one area that I, I think people anywhere in the world should not rule out. I mean, it's like it, there's so many colleges out there and they're, they're, trying to do, they're trying to do the same thing. They're, they're talking about the same things that we're talking about here is how to create jobs Yep, and how to, how to get people ready. And when we were talking to um, uh, Gerald Solomon at NASEF, and one of the things that they they learned early on, and the reason they're doing the program that they're doing is, they went, where are the kids? Don't try to go out there and, and try to, to to attract kids if they're not interested. Go, go where the kids right. are. And it's like, that just, just makes a whole lot of sense. Well, I've noticed this. You don't have to force kids to have fun. If they like it, they'll come to you. It's, it, it, it's, it's really that simple. I mean, <laughs> it is really that simple. I, I mean, it's like you know, people don't need to overthink this sometimes. One of the things I want to ask you is, and it kind of it, we're we're kind of wrapping up here a little bit. But um, what advice would you give to someone? Now you're looking back. You said you started this in 2014. That's correct. So it's like two twenty. It's ten years. Ten years of your life. So um, I'm not going to ask how old you are, but it's got to be a pretty good chunk of I'm your 31. life. <laughs> oh wow! So yeah, huge chunk of your life. So. So what about someone that might be listening? It's like, they've got an idea and they just don't know, you know, and they're a believer. What are the kinds of things that you would say to them? Well, 
I would say time could be your biggest friend or enemy. Start working on your idea today. Keyboard, I didn't say start your business today. I said start working on your idea today. As you start working, you will know whether or not it's meant to turn into a business. When I first started working on this, I didn't really have a business. I had an idea. So I just started writing. One page turned to two pages. Two pages turned to a few pages. few pages turned to a binder. By the time I got through the binder, I realized I wrote the whole business plan. Then I started to execute. So start today. You have an idea? Start working it out today. Hey, you, you, never, you never know where it's going to go unless you try. Nope. Well, they say you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yes, 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 exactly. Hey, is there anything that, that I missed talking about that you wanted to bring up? Uh, Well, my biggest thing now is support. So if anyone is hearing this and they love the thought process of Mario Kart coming to life in the form of a pro sport, support. Go to battleracing.com and we have something called Pit Crew Member. You can sign up for free. All it takes is your email address to be a part of our newsletter. And the more people we get to sign up, the more we can showcase to investors that people want to see battle racing become a sport. And if you're just so generous, purchase some merchandise and you can support us that way. So battleracing.com. Yes. Yes. That, that's yeah. Yeah. To get the validation that um, that other people think it, it's right. um, it, it's a good idea too. So where can people find out, find out more about you? I think you just said it, but I'm going to let you say it again. Uh, you can go to our website, battleracing.com. We're also uh, on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, well, we're on Twitter, but I will say TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Type in Battle Racing Live, at Battle Racing Live. And you can keep uh, keep track of all of our progress. we got a lot of videos we're releasing. We're going to let some people battle race on the demo units, and we're going to keep interviewing people and get validation. And then uh, you'll creates- be notified when our facility is ready. Who creates your videos? Uh, a combination of myself and other people, <laughs> just those that step in to help. So I kind of go around with my phone and we just make it happen. Because I think one of the, one of the things that, that, that needs to happen with you, and I'm not telling you something you don't know, but that video is your friend. I mean, you know, uh, you, you can describe it over and over again, but if people see it in action, it's like, oh, right. yeah, there it is. And it really works. Right, so. right. Here soon, I mean, it, it's gotten cold here in Tennessee, but here soon, I want to strap on a couple of GoPros and uh, let people race each other. So, looking forward to showcasing that footage. Yeah, I, I, it, no, it just the, the video stuff just makes creates itself. I mean, it's just. Uh, do you do you like what you've seen so far? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 here's what because I'm not I'm not a Mario um, Brothers fan. I mean, I've, I just never played the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot but your whole concept of being able to uh influence other drivers as yeah. you are as you're driving around it's like wow that could be uh a lot of fun because and, and also with the with the understanding they can influence you i mean so right it's, it's not like it's not like i've got the upper hand on everything so you got to think of both ways yeah, it's definitely a balanced game from the power items to the landmines that you drive over the the basis of battle racing is that your vehicle has health. And as you take damage, whether from other vehicles or from driving over the wrong color landmine, your vehicle will gradually go slower and slower. So it's a game of you strategizing how to keep your vehicle at optimal speed. So we have something called purple landmines that restore 10% of your health every time you drive over them. So you want to keep a balance and to keep a watchful eye of your health bar at the same time of trying to stay in first place. So it's definitely a game of skill and strategy. And I'm excited to see how people compete. Is there also, I, I'll let you go in a, in a minute, but another question is, um, do you have 
different ways to tune the car. One of the things I was always amazed with uh, Gran Turismo. It's like, it, you, you know, if you wanted to, you could spend pretty much the rest of your life, you know, um, um, fine tuning these cars that you're out there and, and, and it would make a difference. Do, do you, can you fine tune your cards? You know, I have a concept in the back of my mind of how to do that. But one thing I love about gaming is that unlike pay to play racing now, you know, you have the most money you can pay to fine tune your vehicle. What I love about a lot of video games is when you put that controller in your hand, you are now on the same exact playing field. And it's up to your individual skill to say that you're better than me. What we want to introduce with battle racing, instead of allowing individuals or teams to modify their vehicle, what if everyone has the same vehicle? Therefore, it's up to your individual driving skills and how do you utilize the power items for you to come in first place. So I think we kind of want to change the game on how uh, racing teams balance out or compete with each other by keeping a playing field. You know, that's one thing that used to bother me about the go-kart tracks. You always had one of those go-karts that were slower than the rest and you didn't want that one. <laughs> so but, that's, you know, that's the one you always got. Right. So, right. <laughs> exactly. So I think we want to kind of introduce that even, even to where we may lease the vehicles out to different teams so they can make sure that they have the same type of vehicles. Are, are there manufacturers that you've been talking to? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We have a big manufacturer that we work with that is our partner right now for the go-karts as well as the bigger vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, they've got to have a big interest in experience. Yes, they do. They're very excited. I mean, right now with the go-karts, you know, we're just putting our product on off shelf vehicles, but for the pro league vehicles, we want to build our own custom gamified electric vehicle from the ground up. That would be bigger than a go-kart, but smaller than a full-size car. <laughs> All kinds of great things. Hey, Joshua, <laughs> I really appreciate you taking a little bit of time here. I encourage everyone, go out and check out um, Battle Racing out there because you're, you're going to be able to find some, some great videos and be able to understand more, even more about what it is. And I also yes. really appreciate you telling the story about your entre entrepreneurial journey because that's the one thing we want to keep telling over and over again because no two journeys are the same. Nope. Nope, but, nope. But, but you can yep. learn from anyone. Yep. And your journey is meant to inspire someone else's journey. That's that's the idea. So, hey, thanks again for taking your, taking your time here. Thank you so much, Tom. Thanks for having me. And uh, you guys check out BattleRacing.com. Great. Hey, this is the Gamers Change Lives podcast. Really appreciate it. Go out there and subscribe to our podcast. Go out there and follow our social media. And most importantly, engage with us. That's where we learn about what it is that other people, you know, if you're interested in us talking about a certain thing, let us know. Go out there and engage with our guests because we, we've got a, a pretty good roster of guests out there so far and it just keeps growing. So go out there and engage with us. So Gamers Change Lives podcast, play games, create jobs, change lives. See you next time. You've just heard the Gamers Change Lives podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment and leave a review. And if you haven't subscribed, do so right now so that you can stay up to date with episodes as soon as they're uploaded and so you can hit the ground running on changing your esports adventure forever. You can also visit us at GamersChangeLivesPodcast.com. Play games, create jobs, change lives. Thanks for listening.